this next episode of Sports Wraps Podcast, we will tackle the Sixers and their remaining season. season. And here we go. So the Sixers had played a game yesterday against the Los Angeles Clippers out in L.A. Frank Milligan is tuned in, uh, which was a rematch of an earlier game contest here in the city, which the Sixers won the game here. The Sixers came out like gangbusters yesterday, uh, made it a great showing. Uh, So Sixers fans, um, it's going to be a long discussion. So I'm here. If you are tuned in, Sports Rat Radio shows the group page. Please comment, leave me what your thoughts are on anything that I said. If you have to ask me any questions, what I feel about some things, or if you have comments on some things that I may have said or will say. So, Brandy Battle is watching. I'm t- waving to everybody now. Uh, so, thanks for tuning in. And forget people. Don't forget people. Leave me comments um, if you have anything that you want to chime in with during the the full discussion. Now, I, as a fan, as an analyst, um, as a commentator, am not upset with yesterday's game, uh, albeit a loss. I'm not upset with it. I I liked the energy that they played with. I liked the determination that the team played with. Um, albeit we lost a starter, and I'm going to say it, and it's usually the cliche stuff, but I'm going to say it anyway, just for um, purposes of discussion and and you know enhancing the topic a little bit. You can very easily say six point loss. We took command of the game early. We lost it. We gave it away, but we fought back. Hence the reason I say I cannot be upset with yesterday's game. But, like I said, I'm going to do it anyway just for sakes of conversation and sakes for dialogue. You, we always talk about if and this and that. But here's the thing. We lost by six points. Jason Richardson, another scoring option for us, uh, suffered a concussion, was out of the game early. So with six points being the margin, you could argue argue and debate and say if Jason Richardson had been able to come back we could have held on and won that game you could also very well say if one or both of our stars our cornerstones Joel Embiid or Ben Simmons if one of them had played we could have won that game if both of them had played you can arguably say we would have definitely won that game due to the actual outcome but watching that game yesterday showed a lot of the holes uh, that I have been talking about to people a long time Um, not just throughout this season through the past couple seasons uh, with the makeup of the roster and the coaching of the roster uh, like I said, during at the trade deadline, you they were very quiet, didn't make any moves, if you will, but they did end up with Alec Burks and uh, Glenn Robinson the third. Mark Murray, what's going on? They, they we did end up with two shooters, two perimeter, two wing players from the Golden State Warriors, who were proven players. Um, they're solid players. Like I mentioned when we talked about them on the show when we first got them, I'm not. Um, go and put them in and plug them in and say that they're the end-all be-all 
they're going to get us over the hump. No, I think they will help. Uh, again, it goes back to me saying what I always say. They will help. I feel that they will help, but they have to be used in the right way. Uh, I thought it was about a week or two ago, I thought it was a good idea to bring Al Horford off the bench. Uh, ben Simmons got hurt. Uh, we had two games from Joel Embiid where he gave you the impression that he got it. He was wanted to be the guy. Then freakishly he gets injured against Cleveland in a loss uh, in a game that we should have won. So there's still a lot of work to do going down the stretch. Um, of course, the thing that burns everybody up and the thing that pops out, I think, initially and very prominently to everyone is our road record. Um, I, I think it's a problem, too. I think it's an issue. It, something has to be done um, because right now, if you look at the team right now, if the playoffs ended, if the season ended, yesterday and the playoffs started tomorrow uh there's a very good chance that the Sixers would be bumped out in the first round I'm just calling the spade a spade people so like I said I'm up comments are available you, space is available so if you got any issues with anything that I say please please chime in and we can talk about it and we can discuss um things that I say because I will always back up what I say and I hope that you if you have comments you will be able to back up what you say now, one of the things um, that I, I said was that yesterday's game showed or, or glorified some holes that are on this team. Uh, again, people talk about Ben Simmons being hurt. People talk about Ben Simmons, uh, the point guard. I, again, and, and it sounds like a broken record, but I have been saying this for the past two, three years. Ben Simmons is not a point guard. Ben Simmons is playing point guard by coach's choice. Uh, you got Alec Burks and you got uh, Glenn Robinson the third. You waved some people, but I think you waved, waved one of the wrong people. Uh, I think that if you move Norvell Pell to the bench after you sign him, not, not move him to the bench, but you sign him to um, the rest of the remainder of the season, you move Al Horford to your bench, so you've got backup bigs. Um, there was a little issue, um, and it's been since quieted because of the injuries and he's been playing. Kyle O'Quinn wanted to be waived. I feel like um, that Kyle O'Quinn could have been one person that could have been waived in order to keep Trey Burke. Um, for that matter, you still have Raul Aonuto, who is not playing now. So now I think the coaching aspect needs to be tweaked. Uh, you had, before the injury yesterday, you had Jason Richardson starting at your point guard, and now you're asking him to do more. He was uh, one of our wing scorers. He can create off the dribble, of course, but now you're asking him to do more, and you're not playing NATO. Um, you're asking Shake Milton to do more, which is a good thing, because now he'll get some growth, and he'll get some uh, some time under his belt moving on to the playoffs. But I think the team makeup is okay. Um, I still think that um, in signing Tobias Harris, uh, he has to give us more consistently than he has been giving us. 
And, and people will always go back to you signed the wrong, they signed the wrong player, they signed the wrong person, they should have signed Jimmy, they, they should have did this, they should have did that. Okay, again, I go back to what I mentioned about that. I was all in. I was one in favor of hoping and wishing that they would sign Jimmy Butler instead of Tobias Harris. Um, deep down inside, I was extremely overly optimistic, and I was hoping that they could have re-signed both of them, which with the Al Horford signing leads me to believe that there was a possibility that that could have been done. Um, I don't know what exactly happened with the Jimmy Butler situation. Um, I did know that he wanted to go to Miami even before he was traded to the Sixers when he was being looking to be traded from Chicago. Before he went to Minnesota, he was looking and had interest in Miami. So that was um, a known fact that I know knew from the people that I talked to, people that, um, that I have spoken with around or close to the situation. But once that came about, and like I said, we'll never know the true story because we were not in those rooms with those meetings. We're not on the phone lines when those uh, conversations were had. But I, I kind of bailed the Sixers out or had their back um, in that situation. And what I mentioned, what I said was, with that being the case, you had to keep one of them. I mean, you made this effort to get both of them in a trade the season before so you couldn't let both of them walk away. It was you couldn't. So you know, you know, Tobias Harris ended up being the one, which I was okay with. Okay, uh, but again, as a basketball fan, as a media member, as an analyst, I also feel now that he needs to give us more consistently. I'm not saying that he's got to go out and give us forty every night. The way he played yesterday and the two games prior to that, we need that more consistently from him um, if he's going to be one of the leaders, one of the stars on this team. Uh, I also need for Joel, who I think, you know, like I said, before his little his most recent injury, he was attempting to show us that he wanted to be the guy to dominate on the floor. Uh Excuse me. I hope that that is something that's true. I hope that's something that's in him. I hope that's something that he sees how dominant he can be and how much fun he can have by, by being dominant as he can be. I also would like to see the coaching staff change. Um, and, and again, I think it's what I always said about the Andy Reid situation when Andy Reid was let go by the Eagles. I think it's just time. Uh, I think this marriage has run its course. Um, the style of play is not suitable for the entire roster, but the roster is workable. Believe me, the roster is workable to be a contender. I mean, they've showed you signs. They have the. I mean, if you look at it, they have the best record at home in the entire league. They played... Um, a very high favorite to win the NBA title two games played them very tough beat them once uh the Lakers are right now the best team in the west beat them already once at home okay uh the problem I have with this current Sixers team 
And this is some these are some things that I've mentioned to people all along in different conversations about the team and going down the stretch. They they currently have one of the uh easiest schedules, remaining schedules in the league going down the stretch. There are a lot of games against non-playoff contenders. So me being a fan, me being an analyst of the situation and a basketball guy, I say that the game against Cleveland, which should have been a win, you have to win those games. You turn around and you beat the Knicks. You beat the Hawks, finally. But those are teams that are on your schedule down the stretch that you really, really need to beat if you want to be considered or thought of as an elite team in this NBA. And if you can't beat those teams, then it will definitely be a struggle for you in the playoffs. Uh, You will get to a certain point and then you'll stall out, meaning you may get to conference championship and then stop. That'll be it. You won't be able to get over the hump. I think that the team needs to either play Nito more or they need to look into getting a pure, legit, traditional point guard. I also think that they need a coach who is strict, if you will, on everyone across the board. Uh, Our stars are young stars, but they need to be held accountable for the things that they do on and off the court. Uh, The coach that we have now, I think, is a little bit complacent with just the talent that these young guys have. But it goes back to... You know, a few weeks ago, what Shaq and Charles and everyone said about Joel Embiid, you got to bring it every night. You talk about you wanting to be the man, you want to be the best center in the league, but you've got to bring it every night. You know, like Shaq said, you, you go against some of the competition in the NBA, you have to look at it like, oh, it's barbecue chicken, I'm going to get 40 tonight. So that has to be changed, and, and I think that comes from the coaching staff who will instill that in the players. Uh, I also think that having a traditional point guard will allow him to understand better on the court where he should be operating from. Uh, The Sixers are not a very, very good shooting team. They'll have their nights. Um, Like I said, the additions of Burks and Robinson III will help because they're better shooters than what uh, the Sixers had on the bench outside of maybe Korkmaz. But the Sixers have to understand, and their coaching staff has to understand, that now this space and pace is not the best offense for the roster that you have. The roster that you have is built for an inside-out type of flow. Uh, you have the dominance on the inside where you have three players that can play in the post. Ben Simmons, Joel Embiid, and Al Horford, who can all play in the post. And albeit you have to find spaces for them to play together, uh, it may not be feasible all the time, but you have to find stretches in games where at least two of those guys, if not all three of them, can play together. 
and that will open up these shots for the rest of the guys. I mean, if you look at the small stretch that Korkmaz had leading up into that first game against the Clippers, okay, a lot of people didn't pay attention, a lot of people didn't notice, but in that Clippers game, after that stretch that he had, they put Kawhi Leonard on him. They don't put Kawhi Leonard just on anybody. And if it was in a normal pretenses, there's no way Kawhi Leonard would have been guarding Korkmaz. No way. Okay? But he made an impact in the games prior to that, which allowed for teams to scout and make adjustments for him. These are the things that come from being able to post up. So the coach has to instill in your bigs that, look, you can dominate down there. I mean, if you're going to play Ben Simmons at the point guard, he should post up more than what he does. I mean, he has been starting to get do it a little bit more recently, but it, it needs to be a staple of your game plan going into every game, whether you do it initially or you work your way into it. You should have him post up. I mean, he's a 6'10", player playing point guard so naturally he's bigger than every point guard that he will be facing in the league right now so he has an advantage if he posts up but if it's not in your game plan if it's not mentioned to these guys from the coaching staff that listen this is what we need this is what we want you know we have to instill this in the flow of the game in order for us to be readily available to proceed and, and excel in the playoffs if not it's going to be tough and it could be an early exit I don't wish that they have an early exit um I, and I think that if they get it together and they tweak a few things within the offense that they can make a run I think they can I mean they've showed you potential of how they can be it's just a matter of them being consistently focused on each end of the floor, night in and night out. So I bounce back to yesterday's game, and one of the positives I take out of yesterday's game is the fact that the guys like Shake Milton uh, got a chance to excel against a top-tier defensive team a top tier team in the nba so you know what that will do to his confidence it's going to boost his confidence it's also going to help like i said going down the stretch where these players will now have the experience and we can rely on them in the playoffs it won't be a little shakiness going in where it's like uh, i don't know what is he going to do today we know now that they have that confidence and they've been put in situations where we know that they can perform to a level of expectation. I also need to see the front office management, Elton Brand, be a little bit more stern with everyone across the board. Um, he mentioned um, in a press conference last week when this talk was, was who was the blame for um, the Sixers' issues and things of that nature right now. And I will definitely talk a little bit about that um, in a few. But I need him to be a, a little more stern in um, his decision-making and, and in your comments to the media, um, if you will. 
Um, I believe he was asked about the situation with Brett Brown and how things would play out, and he just said, you know, we'll see what happens at the end of the season. But I'm definitely alerted to that, and I am aware of it. Uh, so with those kind of open statements, if you will, or open-ended comments, if you will, it leads me to believe that he has an eye on the situation, uh, but I'm not confident enough to say right now that he is in the position to say, if he does not do this, then it's done. It's it's time to move on. Uh, I think he just wants the thing to play out and then they'll have a talk and evaluate. I think by this time, with the moves that you made as a general manager the past two years, I think that now you need to put something on, the onus on the coaching staff to adjust and change and at least try to make this thing work for what we expect or what you expect as a front office or what you expected this to possibly be because it's not there yet. And like I said, you watch their games, you watch certain games, and you see the potential. Like I said, you know, we talk about it for sakes of uh, debate and for sakes of conversation. Jason Richardson went out early. He ended up with nine, nine total points yesterday in that game. Uh, Shake Milton just was bonkers yesterday. Ended up with 39 points yesterday. Tobias Harris gives us 25. Al Horford, 12. Glenn Robinson, too, and I miss, missed him a lot in the game. He started the game, but then his minutes got, I don't know, taken away from other people. Uh, Mike Scott contributed yesterday as well. Uh, Burks contributed 15 off the bench, which I like to see. Corkmines with 8, Thibault with 7 off the bench as well. But again, getting back to my statement, or what I was going to say, Jason Richardson left the game early with 9 points. It was a six-point loss. So for conversation's sake, you mean to tell me that we can't sit here and say that the Sixers still could have possibly won that game with Jason Richardson if he was able to come back? And again, I say to extend that without our two cornerstones who averaged double figures, if one of them had played, there's a still chance that we could have won that game again. We beat them again yesterday. So... I know it's tough for the fans because the fans want the instant gratification. They see the roster moves and then they say, oh, well, this guy's here and this guy's there. Oh, this should be great. We should add. We should get better. It doesn't happen overnight. And again, like I said, you can have the players, you can have the personnel. If the personnel are not being used properly, it's still going to look like the same product. So the... Sixers again have they have definitely have a, a lot of work to do, and you know you can lay blame on whoever you like. Uh, it's been an ongoing in the past week or so about who was to blame or who is to blame for the Sixers situation right now. Uh, there's uh, people who are saying it's Elton Brand because of the decisions he made as a GM in the offseason. There are people saying that it's the players who are not serious enough for their likings to be great or to become great and be contenders in the league. There are people who say that it's coaching. Um, I believe 
on one hand, uh, not on one hand, but my personal take on it is I believe that it's shared. And I can't say it's, I won't break it down into percentages of how I feel like it's shared, but I think it's shared. And seeing what I've seen all season and watching yesterday's game and getting my thoughts together and watching my notes and going back and seeing things and how the playoff situation could possibly be broken down. I think it's, you know, uh, fair to say that there is the blame to go around. Um, like I mentioned so far, as I've been um, talking to you, the coaching, I believe, is somewhat at fault. Uh, you got perimeter players in a trade, albeit a, a lesser trade than what you felt or the fans felt should have happened or should have taken place. You got guys that can create their own shot and can shoot the ball on the perimeter. You now have to find a way to fit these guys in with your cornerstones albeit your cornerstones are hurt right now so that gives you even more reason to get these new additions into the game and get them into the flow and get them give them some kind of comfortability level for when your studs come back you can plug them in to play with them um there also has to be on my end i think some blame on the players for the accountability level you claim you want to be the guy you want to be the stars but you show different in your actions and your mannerisms when you're on the court uh i think the front office was stargazing a bit too much over the summer and had a plan but i think the Jimmy Butler, Tobias Harris, I think that situation, which I think hinged on everything that they did over the summer, I think that really put them in a way where they were become where they became cautious, if you will. And at the time when they made the move and got Al Horford, you could somewhat say that he was the best of the rest. Uh, albeit, like I mentioned myself, the contract I thought was a little bit crazy, but they felt like it was a move that they needed. And, and I argued and I put out points of how they could see signing him um, as opposed to him playing with the Celtics for the past couple years, how it could change. You know, it more or less, we don't have to fight against him now. Now we can fight with him. So those types of things, um, I think, could have been evaluated a little bit better so again i think that there is room to share the blame i don't think it's all on one person and i also think that this summer is definitely definitely um gonna be a huge huge evaluation period uh for the sixers uh i think that with the speculation of things coming up of them possibly trying to uh, move Al Horford and that contract, which will definitely be difficult. Um, I think that somehow, some way they need to make an attempt to keep one or both of the new additions of uh, Burks or Glenn Robinson, the third. And there are pieces on this roster that, you know, you can part with part ways excuse me you can part ways with to keep um the things that you need and then you can go out and get you a shooter um they still have not much money under the cap 
but over the summer they have some wiggle room if you will with a lot of draft picks that were accumulated from the beginning of the process so there are some things that could be done like i said the speculation and the rumors on the al horford trade that is going to take a, a masterful job by elton brand and his assistance and his counterparts if something happens with that but i i know with that contract it's going to be it's going to be extremely difficult to move and get something that you want uh their their best bet may be to play the free agent market uh possibly try to restructure a contract or two to get some people in and bring some people in and you also in my opinion have to think as a security blanket if you cannot move Al Orford, if you end up being with, stuck with them for another year at least, you have to you have to consider either getting the coach to adjust to his personnel or just entirely bringing in a coach who will be able to maneuver the personnel that you currently have on your roster. So, again, and finally, there there is definitely a, a lot of work to be done. I don't think the season is lost. Um, you know, I read comments every day, and one of my friends joked um, about the game last week, and he was saying, well, are the Sixers are even going to make the playoffs? I didn't comment on it at the time because I know different. Um, like I mentioned, right now the Sixers sit at fifth in the conference, uh, if the playoffs ended today, they would go into Miami for the first round. They are a game, full game and a half now behind uh, Miami. And uh, uh, another thing I want to mention is just last week, they were even at 14 games apiece out of first place in the division. So they were almost tied with Miami, but Miami would win the tiebreaker anyway. But I mentioned to people that with the injuries that Miami had and the youth of that team, that Tyler Hero, they're one of their shooters, their young shooters had got hurt. Uh, Jimmy Butler had missed a couple games. That if the Sixers could just keep pace with those injuries, that at that particular moment, that team, the Miami Heat, would struggle a little bit with those injuries. And they did, and they kept pace with them. And then the Sixers do what they do. They lose games that they arguably should not lose. And they fall behind once again. So, like I said, they are now 15 and a half games out of first place, a game and a half out of the fourth place, five games out of the third spot, which would be ideal because they own the tiebreaker over the Boston Celtics. I don't think they're going to get to the third seed unless something happens in Miami and things just fall apart dramatically. I think they're going to end up staying in the five seed. I'm just hoping that they don't fall as low as six. But then again, now that we look at things, maybe the six seed might suit them better, <clears throat> ironically, you know, but they've got to go on the road. So they have got to turn this road thing around and they have to show some grit some determination because in the playoffs you got to win on the road 
It's a no-brainer. It's a different animal we all know. But you have to win on the road. That's the way you become an elite team. That's the way you advance in the playoffs. So Sixers fans, it will be stressful the rest of the way, I'm sure. I'm not denying that. I'm not doubting that. Um, I'm just giving you a heads up. But I will definitely be here to try and ease things over for you, try to calm you a little bit and give you a different perspective, a different or more positive outlook, if you will, on the remainder of the season. So we look forward to the playoffs and the Sixers trying to get an improvement, making a push. Uh, We'll get Joel Embiid back in possibly a week. Not sure about the Ben Simmons issue, but hopefully the two of them will be ready for the playoff push. And again, games like yesterday will help the young bench improve and get some cohesion with each other and be able to um, give us some good solid minutes in the playoffs. And thank you for tuning in. As always, this concludes another episode of the Sports Rap Podcast available on iHeartRadio and wherever you get your podcast. Sports Rap Podcast, folks, brought to you by Sports Rap D and Heat 100. Heat 100 Radio, thank you for tuning in.